listening to Music Mythology. My name is Sam Romo, and let's talk about some music. And also me trying to adapt out of like what I was taught um, 10 years ago, you know, like I'm so like, I, you know, so many influencers or so many uh, content creators, I'll put it that way, uh, make um, make so much really good content just using their freaking phone. And I'm yeah. so it's so weird to me. You know, I mean, even even recording like a quick interview on the phone. I mean, the condenser mics on an iPhone are actually pretty damn good, and it's like it's mm-hmm. my, it still blows my mind. And I, I do not think of it as an immediate, you know. And I'm practicing that. I'm trying to practice like using my phone to record the interviews because like you don't have to lug around three cameras, man. Like, you know, <laughs> and like oh, I check the you know the memory cards, and it's like no, just use your phone. Just use your phone. I mean, you can do it. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny you say that because I. um on that note, I've been trying to, I, a lot of times the way, and right now is a great example. Like I'm new here in this apartment and, um, like even today I had to, I had to sort of scramble last minute to set up my Apollo and set up my mic and dig through boxes for the cables and all that. Um, just cause I haven't needed to record here yet. Um, mm. and but in situations like this, going back to what you said, it's it's become not uncommon for me to force myself to record what might be the final take or the sample with my phone mm. um, and just sort of go, you know what? These mics are decent. Let me try to fix it with some EQ and stuff. But like I'm feeling this guitar part now or I'm feeling the way I'm you know, shaking this random thing I picked up, like, let's go ahead and record it as if it's the final idea instead of, you know, taking 45 minutes to set it up and, you know, quote, record it properly. Yeah. It's like a whole different headspace, like to adopt when you've been practicing like this ritual, almost like nature yes. to like, you know, taking it so seriously. And then you're someone's like, so uh, perceived as, you know, cavalier casual about like oh just use your phone you're like no you don't understand like it's supposed yeah. to be you know it's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> and it just no, I mean, so weird at the end of the day that's part of our job is to sort of be like the protectors of audio quality to insist sure. like no we need to engineer this correctly and uh i will i will oversee all of this and make sure that we're you know what i mean yeah and sometimes that's even how you're getting paid is just by insisting like no you need me there to um, to oversee this. And, um, yeah, so there's a way where like doing, doing what I do, like, you know, it's very counterintuitive to, uh, to just go (laughs) to what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I was, by the way, I was about to say, fuck it, but I, 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 that's another question I have for you is, Oh yeah. It's cursing. Yeah. It's it's totally casual, man. Yeah. (laughs) It's so it's, it's, but is it discouraged? Cause you don't no, know the. I, mean, I really don't mind. Okay. I mean, I I, I don't. You don't know. The, you don't know the gates you've opened. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be. I'll behave. Well, I mean, that's up to you. If you're gonna share this with your family and all that shit, and be like, "Hey, check me out," you know. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Okay. There you go. <laughs> okay. <All right>. um, <laughs> to each of their own, brother. <laughs> no, it's you know it's funny, like. I 
doing doing what I do, like I'm sort of stuck between two worlds, which is on one end, I'm an artist, um, which means there's a certain amount of irreverence and, you know, attitude attached to that and, mm. you know, not caring what people think and just going, this is me. And there's that side of me. That's definitely how I grew up. That's how I've been most of my life. And then um, what's interesting is like working in the corporate world way more so the last 12 years mm. um, and most of my clients being, you know, corporations, stuff like that, advertising agencies. Uh, and then of course, Funimation. Uh, there's just like, they're, they're kind of gradually over time became this other sort of tamer side of me that mm set in and what's funny now is now i'm kind of like trying to come back oh sorry i'm trying to come back as um i'm trying to come back into my own identity as an artist um which is creating a lot of confusion situations like this or being in a meeting and there's one side of me that wants to you know uh, jump on the table or, you know, what, whatever, whatever my weirdo artist self wants to do, whatever way I want to be rascally and misbehave. And, um, and then there's the other, you know, corporate side where I, I have to go, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, this doesn't, you don't think this sounds good? Well, I, I think this sounds great, but okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. It's like, oh, uh, Oh, you want to have creative input, even though you have uh, no experience and no creative talent. Um, I love it. Please, please contribute. Um, your wonderful <laughs> ideas, and they're definitely better than mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, how often? How often did that that kind of interaction happen? Because that's that's actually one of the the questions um, that I, I was curious about. Is like what if it was like a, a general challenge or like if it was a per brand type thing, like was there a certain asset that was more particular than others and stuff like that? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think it, it definitely varies. Um, mm -hmm. But I, um, I mean, working at Funimation, you know, it's somewhat well known. There's certain shows where you can, get away with less there's going to be um a lot more feedback when it's sent into the licensor mm. um and and then there are others that trust us um but i will say like i think doing it as long as i've done uh like i've i've worked for funimation for almost 12 years um mm. and um I would say it's something that I don't even, I haven't consciously thought of the better part of the last like six, seven years, at least, if not longer, because mm -hmm. eventually you sort of get the sense of where you have plenty of room to play around and uh, where you don't and where your margins are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, that really becomes like kind of a second nature. Um, again, like I said, I don't, I don't even know that like you asking me that question is interesting to me right now because I'm literally just sort of thinking like, oh, when is the last time I've thought that way? Mm. And it's been a long time. I actually, I would say really the better part of the last like six, seven years, the only times I really have thought that way are when I'm doing other freelance for other clients where mm. maybe I don't know 
Um, and that's rough, you know, going back to your question, that's, I, I would say that's maybe the toughest situation is when you come in blind, especially if you're working for like an ad agency where mm -hmm. they are essentially half your client because oh, right. on one, yeah. on, you know what I mean? On one hand, yeah. you're trying to please them and they maybe mm -hmm. have a more creative driven vision. They're maybe a little bit more gung-ho to do cool things and try different stuff. Um, the client, their client, yeah, maybe not so much. And that's actually a really hard balance sometimes to walk is when you feel the agency wanting you to go crazy with it and really push yeah. the boundaries. And then you've, but the, in the back of your head, you're like, there's no way that, that their client wants this. <laughs> They're not going to be cool with this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That, 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 that's interesting. Cause I, I come from the world, like my, my day job is in signs and graphics. Um, like for like, you know, big corporations and stuff across America. Um, oh, cool. So, you know, and, oh yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I'm just like, go ahead. You're preaching the choir. It's, it's a weird position sometimes, but like mine's more physical. Mine, my, I, you know, yours is more like, um, expressive or like, um, it's objective, you know, relative. It's like someone could like love the steel guitar and someone else could be offended by it. Um, yes. <laughs> um, with me, I, most of the time it's like the problems that are similar to that would be like the client wants something really simple and then the, the ad agency wants to really jazz it up. And, mm -hmm. and maybe I can, I can do that. I can find a middle ground, but then the timeline like, isn't going to line up. Like I, we physically have to like fabricate these letters and, and and the wall that retaining wall is not going to hold in the, the, this front weight and they're like well we don't you know that that's just we should we, this is what we want and then well we can do it out of this material instead well we think that would look cheap and I'm like then we can't do it you know it's just like yeah little thing i mean physical problems that are a little easier to explain but i guess depending on the personality involved sometimes they're just like well we'll just go to someone else i'm like okay if you're literally going to go to people until you get a yes it's like then I, I, what i'm telling you is probably going to happen but you know what that's they're just going to take the risk and and obviously hey i'm willing to take your money if you'll sign yeah. on the line that you knew there was a risk but um yeah it's always a weird position to be in we're like i thought i was the expert in the room but okay hey <laughs> <laughs> well and i think i think you're kind of speaking to something that like i feel like the further like a creative goes along in there, like especially anybody creative is working like more in the commercial realm. Hmm. Um, one thing you realize more and more over time is like, they are not looking for anything other. They're not looking for anything from you, but a solution to their problem. Oh yeah. And yeah. your the degree of your ability to, efficiently nail that target and efficiently solve that problem is for most clients all they care about right you know and to your point where they're they're not going to necessarily stick around because you're creatively brilliant and they go oh well this is this is a little challenging there's some hurdles but we really believe in this person and their creativity. So like, let's stick it out. It never works like that. It's always like, Oh, you can't, you can't 
like nail this exactly in two weeks. Oh, okay, we'll find someone who will, you know, yeah. and then yeah. you, you kind of know that in the back of your head, the further you go along. So you, you just sort of, or at least for me, I, I've just gotten to where I say yes and I just mm. do it and all the variables in between that maybe I'm wondering about, I don't, um, I just don't let them slow me down because, sure. you know what I mean? I don't want to find yeah. myself in the position with well, the client work. You know what I mean? Well, that's just a challenge of industry. I think like when yeah. you're really trying to, uh, uh, you're trying to do something, but you're working with a team, but you're, there is a superior involved and, and all that kind of stuff you, and, and an objective like that you have to come to a consensus on what, you know, the idea is and stuff like that. I mean, you just kind of, you got to, except well, like you said the margins you understand the dynamics of what someone expects and i think that's what you were saying before <clears throat> is that you're you're you haven't thought that way in a long time in regards to my question about challenges before um uh, it's probably because just like when you get a new teacher and you're like wow this teacher is really strict like she doesn't like it when i do that even when i do that even yep. when i do that but then after six months you might that might be your favorite teacher uh, because you know how you know the rules, and now you're really good. And if the teacher's really good, then you'll be even better. But it's like with that's why you know that's like the the it's because it's 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 interesting when it comes to like working too, because it's almost it's not it's not a honeymoon phase because you still know it's work, even though even if you love yeah. it, you know you still you're still working and you're still trying to understand it. And and the honeymoon phase when it comes to like work and being in the industry is almost like. A year after, or like you know, just a little, a little bit after you've been there a bit, and you're like, oh, I get it. This guy doesn't like when I do that. This manager really focuses on this kind of metric, and they all this per all this room cares about is this demographic, and this guy mm -hmm. loves this color palette, and you just you know you know where not to go, you know not to bring up this font to this guy because he'll think yep. you're an amateur, um, and you know, and you just you learn the you learn the steps, and all of a sudden they're like, wow, you're flawless. Like now I just I know all your rules, but hey, we found a. A, a groovy middle <laughs> and I, yeah. I think that's what makes a good team is good communication and understanding and i mean as long as there's good communication that's that's the big big difference oh it is i mean well and i also think it's the big it's i think it's a big make or break and i'm sure you probably feel the same way in your medium but like when you see other creatives or artists who essentially do the non-commercial version of what you do Mm -hmm. And for me, at least, there are so many musicians, including many I know, that in my head, I think of them as significantly more talented than me mm -hmm. as, you know, whether it's composing or engineering or whatever it might be. And um, but one aspect where I got a little less intimidated by that and sort of felt a little bit less like an imposter over mm -hmm. the years uh, was realizing the communication side was so key and that um, a lot of these other people who are maybe more talented as musicians maybe don't quite have those skill sets yeah. to, for instance, and, you know, both ways, for instance, mm -hmm. to sort of have someone come in in non-musical terms, you know, that are hard, really hard to decipher, right. um, 
they're they're explaining their vision and you go oh yeah uh and and it eventually translates on your end into chords aesthetic choices textures um you know the sound of a snare whatever it might be um and vice versa to sort of like be able to uh you know communicate the other way towards them uh a creative Mm -hmm. vision that might be in alignment with the teams yeah. uh that's hard yeah not everybody can a, do that yeah well it'll just like uh it's like practicing guitar for however many thousand hours you need to get before you feel like you're something uh you you have to practice communicating and and networking and you know especially when you're going into um music as a career without any like immediate connections and stuff like that you know you have to you really have to plug in and be aware and observe and um you know i mean i bring it up a lot in in, in the show and i'm talking to like a local artist or something over here in dallas is you know or, or anywhere is is uh if you're not fostering the community if you're not really trying to network and support and be active you know you can't just be in a community and, and or just say you're in it and you know just dip your toe in it but show up and you also can't just be Jimi hendrix in your own room you know you mm-hmm. can't just you know because jimmy what didn't turn into jimmy just by himself you know it's like none of these none of these dudes did that and 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 you you really when you know, like what you said when, when you when you get to some position in life where you realize that that dynamic of of wow that guy doesn't know the topic as much but he was willing to communicate you know he, he kept even he was respectful and you know whoever you're you're observing you know they might have given them more opportunity more patience just more Mm. time more consideration just literally because of the way they held themselves and and understood how they were being and presenting and just just giving back you know because i mean Mm -hmm. that's that is the human experience it's it's not just work it's giving it's taking and and when you're actively communicating um you you know i i I don't remember where i heard this because i bring i say this a lot too but um, you know, like when you're communicating, you're speaking, especially public speaking, it's like, you need to remember, you need to act like you're, you're arranging a song that you're, you're, you know, it needs to have different tempos, needs to have, um, get, you know, some give and take, it needs to be dynamic. You can't just have a droning, uh, mm-hmm. you know, dull conversation and expect it to, you know, keep people come back, you know what I mean? And, and then that's the difference between like good lyricism and shitty music. It's like having a terrible tone and you're not really take, taking into account like your social cues and how you're sounding, but mm-hmm. you're making a good point. You know, that's, you know, some professors would probably fall into that you know, category. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> but then you could have the other side where you're extremely dynamic, but you just don't have a vocabulary. You don't have a, you know, substance to present. But man, you got the confidence, you know, you got this charisma that just, yeah. Ooh. And, and, and there's just such a balance and, but yeah, when, when you realize that you, you practice that and introduce it into whatever your industry you're trying to, to grow and, and master or, or just be involved in, you know, I mean, like me, I mean, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a communicator. That's what I went to school for <laughs> it's communication. Mm. And so, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what this show is, was me when COVID happened and, and my industry and my job, it's been my career for the last seven years in marketing. Um, you know, when, when, um, half of our industry is events. So when the events stopped, you know, I'm an outside sales rep, so it got real obvious real fast. 
and um, had a lot of time. Obviously, at first I was pushing myself to you know make new new leads and new contacts, and you know oh it's fine. You know, I was I was a seven year guy. I even run the company as a general manager at one point, and mm-hmm. uh, so I felt a little confident. I was like oh I'll build up a book of business. We'll be all right. And it was okay, but it did not come back. You know, it's lost. A lot of people stopped purchasing things in general that they just didn't need. And, and sometimes signage, you know, people were reusing things that if they, you know, construction sites, stuff like that, it was just people were being careful and I get it. So, um, I didn't want to waste my time. So I brought, yeah. brought back, uh, an idea, um, which is relying on what I went to school for originally. Um, I ended up graduate or, or, or ended up, um, ending with like marketing and public relations, but I actually went to school for audio and video productions for a little over four years. And, um, yeah. And, um, so, you know, whenever I started this, the show, like a a little under a year and a half ago, um, that was just me getting back to the roots of all the stuff I love was, you know, Mm. making these, doing this production work, um, you know, obviously talking, um, cause I, my parents were preachers. So like I, I was constantly around people and talking and, Obviously, I grew up watching my dad, you know, talk for mm-hmm. hours in front of all these people and stuff. It's just, it's in my, it's in me somehow. And, um, and yeah, well, and so I, this is. I would ahead. imagine though, sorry to, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I would, I yep. mean, from, there's an element of when you're a preacher's child where, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but you no, are. Heard it all. Go ahead. Well, no, 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 I, I really don't. <laughs> but there's an element of you are performing, if nothing else. Mm. because of a certain maybe expectation of a way that the preacher's family i don't know if that's been true of you but i feel like i've seen that it wasn't as much as like like a public facing like dynamic or even like uh just like the morality of who we were Mm. um like but publicly like i want to highlight that it with me it was always an earnest like respect and uh, understanding of what their objective was because oh, my, cool. my, my parents were very not judgy, not like mm. they were not like intense, like, you know, fundamentalist, like crazy people. Like they're, they're very oh, welcoming. Cool. And, and in fact, my, my father, um, you know, he still does it. Um, biweekly he'll go to the County prisons here in the, the Dallas County. Um, wow. and he'll talk to them. He's been doing that since uh, the year I was born actually almost oh, 30 cool. years. And, um, he, uh, you know, he'll also trade off sometimes, um, and then every other week on instead go to the detention center, um, for here, uh, for the youth, the juvenile detention center. And, um, yeah, I mean, that man has just always pushed it. My mom is the musical one. My mom played guitar and led worship, you know, and, 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 to, and also for just, uh, just for me to also just add a dynamic of why I respect them so much is, you know, my mom really opened up to me as an adult telling me that, you know, she really struggled with anxiety and that Mm. really, it really was a lot of work to do what she did, you know, the lead, the choir and, and to arrange these things and the work with these people and, you know, to, to, to make the list. I mean, any of that stuff. And then my dad did the sound, my dad would run the soundboard. So when he would go up and speak, he, we would tag team it basically. And since I was six, I've been running, I was running the soundboard and, um, um, so, you know, that, that just, it's just, I just really respect them. And, uh, and honestly, I mean, that's uh, all the themes and char- characteristics of what I just said about them. That's the stuff I carry, um, with me, or at least I try to, um, yeah. in whatever pursuits I have, um, to just respect and, uh, I don't know, communicate and just never, 
never stop, you know, because there's always something yeah. to do for your fellow man or, you know, to better yourself, you know. Well, I love I love that, too, because I I mean, that's I I I've been doing a lot of sort of inner work the last few years, as I think a lot of people have during the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, one thing that I found that I think most people find when they sort of try to know themselves deeper and better mm -hmm. is uh, so much of it is in the origin story. So much of it is in the, mm. the roots and um, you kind of, sometimes you can go back as early as like three, four, five years old and it's like, whoa, it's all there. <laughs> you know, the yeah. whole, all the, all the things that would lead into me becoming the exact person I am were yeah. kind of there from the beginning. And I, so I love you explaining all that, you know, it, it's like, yeah, that's so cool. It all culminated to what you're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, and, and, and it was one of those things where me being a, yeah, well, I guess I wasn't a teenager. I was 20, but I kind of ran from it, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, being involved in the community and wanting to do my own thing and oh, I'm going to go and do this. And, mm. and so, and then I came back and moved back and, um, started this job and, uh, definitely built a life that I'm proud of, but I, I, I um, doing this job doing this project though it, it really speaks to every uh, not just passion but every like reaction i have to like what i want to do in life you know it's mm. not just like a plan i want to do it's just like me you know it's like the the product is me and more than that it's also my designs it's it's more it's just it's everything involved that i've ever wanted to do <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's all in here and you know what man yeah you know, I, I bring this up every now and then it's like you know 10 years ago when i was in school or longer geez um podcasts weren't on the list mm -hmm. you know and, and like the, the careers on the wall everybody was trying to pick from it's like everybody was like this that's what npr does you know it's like that's what comedians do just in their spare time it was like it just wasn't a thing and so it took me a minute to come around to it and realize like to kind of respect the idea of the medium and the production and, and, yeah. uh, and also and not, yeah. And, 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 and like doing it like actively and like, I don't know, it just felt good, you know, cause I, I like feeling like a, a student, you know, I love being the dumbest one in the room and, mm. and, and, and so like doing this again, you know, cause I had mastered like this industry I had been in already, you know, I felt like I knew how to walk the right walk to live how, how I want to live. But then, I realized that there was a seed that I had sowed that nah, it, it you know it got to like a sapling and somehow it just froze, and and that was this. It was, was these production pursuits and 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 taking music a, a little more seriously um, in a certain fashion. And um, yeah, it's just something that like you know I, I hate that COVID happened, but if I if I hadn't been checked kind of like that in my own yeah. industry that I had formed. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would have pivoted the way I did, but, um, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to be here and, um, yeah, man, happy to be able to connect with folk like you. <laughs> yeah. There's something you, you just said that has been something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, which is that I think, you know, one of the gifts of the pandemic on top of the ways that it created all sorts of um, I mean, not to mention the pain and death, but um, a lot of just inconvenience or 
um, you know, in, you know, loss of employment or just mm. change in the dynamic of the employment. Um, I think one of the one of the gifts of the pandemic was silence and mm. was just a moment to think and reconsider. Um, and yeah, I mean, what a strange gift that for so many people when, you know, maybe myself included either wouldn't have happened or maybe might not have happened for yeah, a long time. years yeah. when it, you know what I mean? When it, when, yeah, no. when work finally slows down enough that you maybe take a month and, or, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and just no, sort yeah, of, well, I don't know. I don't remember the exact timeline. I'm sure everybody can relate to this, and I'll try and keep it brief so the the COVID rehashing isn't too intense. But um, I don't know what point it was, but there was a point where I, I I'd had enough time alone. I had uh, played enough games. I had watched enough of the things I was willing to watch. I had worked on enough little ditties that I felt were you know cool to present to this jam group I'm with to you know work it out a little bit more and. Mm. Uh, I don't know, you know, like a month or two or like, you know, who knows. But it was at that, it was at some point where I woke up and I'm like making coffee probably. And I just like look around. I'm like, I'm kind of like bored of like just hanging out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and obviously, like, you know, I, I, I reconnected with like old friends, reconnected with family. I hadn't talked in a minute uh, with um, all that great stuff. But just a little further than that, you know, on one of those more serious days or <laughs> I was just being a little more pensive and locked into some kind of, you know, just wanting a little bit more than what, you know, Red Dead Redemption has to offer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it was in my, literally my investments. It was literally like, like, literally like uh, uh, when things get back to normal, like what should I do? Am I okay? Um, yeah, I think we're good. You know, this is a season, you know, in regards to my industry, I think we're going to be okay. You know, come to terms with that. Um, where are me with this this relationship? Where where are me with where am I with this friendship? And then, but going to my studies, going back to the school, and 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 music, and just like that, that's what hit me so hard with this for the purpose for the show. <laughs> it's like that was the one investment that I really feel like I got checked on, which mm -hmm. was just thinking about it. And then um, um, our group was wanting to record and get our recordings better. And then sitting in that room one day and re realizing you dummy you know how to do this why aren't you saying anything why aren't yeah. you fixing this problem well, yeah. oh because you haven't done it in so long it's like you better go practice go practice and come back better and then that's what happened i started practicing um familiarizing myself with um different daws um you know getting my mic back uh well i didn't have a stock you know building my stock and figuring out what what i wanted yeah. building my buses building my presets and all that stuff and then, yeah, it's like now it's like I have a full like little mobile studio. I have like another studio. You know, I just feel I feel good now. It's like but but like it took oh, me yeah. that you know, that hard little moment to look like oh, like just, just just to realize like where 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 did that investment go and to take mm -hmm. it seriously, you know, to realize that past me is still me um, and future me isn't isn't quite me yet. And and to understand that, you know, it's it's just if you, it's, it's a balance and and and. You just really have to appreciate the future and um, and realize that, I don't know, if you can uh, just endure and practice, 
it'll something will come too. It just that's just the nature of almost anything that you're going to practice. You know. Yeah. I mean, life's a practice, and you can you can get better at that eventually. You know, learn better rules, like we were talking about before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, something you said there reminded me. I don't know the exact wording of of the saying, but um, one of my favorite, uh, I guess he's an author, um, but he, uh, this guy Gabor Mate, uh, mm-hmm. who's written books on addiction and stuff like that. But one thing he said, it's you know, it's mostly in connection to addiction, but I think it applies in a wider sense, where he says the thing about losing yourself is there you are Mm. yeah there's no escape essentially like you so what have you lost yeah you know what i mean so if there's if the thing you're speaking to right now which is absolutely something i relate to i have my own version of that but it's like you can have this thing that's like dormant for years but you haven't lost it it's all still there yeah yeah, or you know something. Well, like we're, well, yeah, there's something triggers it. There's a cue that makes you bone up. You know, something that you just get checked, and you're like, oh, like that wasn't all that I am. Um, you know, and that's why you know you think about uh, artists um, going through like a hardship, and then they, and then they turn out some you know legendary artwork. You know, during that season of turmoil. You know, I think it's the same thing. It's the same mm-hmm. type of like, I don't know if it's a biological nature or what, but it's like you you start to understand where the walls are and and you try to like look inward and you just start to do a checklist and you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's, there's, there's work to be done and something, you know, something's got to wake that up in you. And, yeah. um, you know, it's like one, one of my favorite examples of that is like George Harrison. You know, it's like when the, the Beatles broke up, um, within like a year, they broke up, which was again, you know, such a, a heavy thing and a business decision. Uh, uh, he got a divorce. He lost his mom. the The world was treating them all like weird, and he was over being a star. Mm-hmm. Um, he was losing it, and then he he boned up. He focused in, and and he and he started to master and finish all these things that he had been stockpiling for years because. Mm. It didn't fit the Beatles or they didn't, you know, John didn't like it or, or Paul didn't. And so they just, they said, no, that's just not going to work. And, and, but he believed in it. And then during that hard season, like the hardest season in his life, he, he focused in on that, on himself and Mm. and proved what he was about. And, and I mean, all things must pass is. is That's what I. Yeah. No, I. Beatles solo album. So I was being kind of rude. I was listening, but I I pulled up my Spotify while you were talking because mm. in my head, um, everything that you were talking about, I, I was like, he's got to be talking about the All Things Must Pass album because yeah. it's everything that you just sort of described is what I would imagine would create the conditions for such a fucking brilliant album to be made. Yeah. Which, yeah, for yeah, my yeah. money, is as good, or, if not better, than any Beatles album. Yeah, oh, I know no. that's a it, little sacrilege, but no, it it's up there. I mean, it's 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 like it's just proof, you know. It's like proof of like his community, because you know, like the 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 session people and the people involved that wanted to work with him were like all the 
I mean, like the top groups are what eventually become some of the, the bigger groups in the seventies, you know, mm. and, um, or, or he just had some of the pros. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, obviously Clapton and then like, uh, Derek and the dominoes, which had Clapton in it, but it was all the, the whole band started there. Um, and, I didn't know that. Yeah. You're, yeah. Uh, at least the majority of them. Yeah. That's cool. And, and it was just, it was just like a, it was like a community thing. It's like, he wanted to like, get it out and it, i don't know it, it, it's just so phenomenal and 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 every every song is a story you know every song you can you can find something you know that it's it's connected to and some of it's just you know hokey and fun um but that's him you know that was his nature yeah. and i think that's what's so cool about that album is if you understand like him not just him as a person but also him musically like that album is is like you know, if you sent that to an alien in another race, it's like they would probably get an idea of what George Harrison was about. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, and one thing that's interesting with that song is even some of the songs that are a little more, I think you used the word hokey mm-hmm. and fun, uh, they are not vapid. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I don't, personally, I don't really get into... You know, I'm a, I can, I can be a little bit of a musical bummer in this way, but, uh, I don't, I really don't listen to like a ton of like super bright, energetic, happy Mm. music. And certainly not before I got into commercial work. Now I listen to a lot because I have to sort of be informed and, uh, more often than not, those are the kinds of tones and stuff tone like yes exactly yeah. the colors and the tones are are pretty much uh i mean the the main feedback i got for the first half of my career was um one of three things it's not fast enough it's not it's too sad or too melancholy um or um it it needs to be more energetic or all three often all three which would often which would you know especially the first few years of my career would utterly piss me off because uh i wasn't sitting there trying to write a drab slow song in my head i think i'm writing a very upbeat fun thing but it's relative to (laughs) to my taste and my instincts and I really had to just like gradually more and more through my career um, kind of, you know, intentionally listen to things that I wouldn't so as to. Oh, yeah. Well, you're doing market research. You got to understand what plays. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. because, I mean, somebody in the room who is a decision maker, they might have songs in their phone or in their CD collection, whatever. Mm-hmm. that don't drop below like a tempo of like a hundred <laughs> yeah 120 you know it's yeah like they don't they don't even touch it <laughs> they don't want it slow <laughs> well and and, and in my really. case to give you even more of an idea like the distinction i would make there is like i think the majority of the stuff i work on doesn't drop below like 150 mm. you know it's just so yeah. And even if it's technically 90, it's 90 double time. You know, it's yeah. it's over the yeah. top. I mean, actually, and this is so true. This so speaks to my instincts. <laughs> I've started writing a song and to get it at the sort of 
um, intensity or energy that I know they're going to want or I've been told they want or I've gotten the notes that they want or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I've I've turned my sessions all the way up to like 500 beats per minute to you know what i mean to get to just to get it so over the top energetic that they'll be happy but i started that session at 120 you know and and it it took it took speeding it up that much to finally be like oh that's the sort of bullshitty over the top energy that they want which, as you can tell, there's a lot of resentment about it still to this day. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you're, um, uh, I'm trying to think of like a, there's a scientific term, <laughs> but like you're like revving yourself up. You're just like, you, that's not your pace, but you're going to, you know, you're just going to let it, let it, because I mean, when you listen to the music, you know, it's like your brain, I mean, you become the music. So, I mean, it's like you're going to like meditate in this like high tempo thing for like a minute and you yeah. go out of it. It's like, it's going to be a lot harder to play like, you know, some super mega slow blues songs compared to like double time swing or like <laughs> some crazy yeah. thing, you know. Well, and I, I, I mean, even to your point, I used to like sort of half jokingly say, when I would sort of like get a temp track or I would get certain revisions, I would be like, oh, so what you want me to do is drink a bunch of Red Bull and do cocaine. And then that's like kind of the, le- that's kind of the level that you're looking for in this. Um, it's like, make, make me feel like I'm on drugs without being on drugs. All right. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I mean, that, I mean, that's the thing about the commercial side of things. And, you know, this probably sounds a little overly bitter, um, but it's also just truly how I feel. Uh, You know, in most cases in the commercial realm, the emotions um, and tones and colors that they're trying to paint with are vapid. Mm. And even if they're, they think they're sincere, they're they're pretending to be sincere for the for the feel of sincerity, not for actual, not because there's actually something sincere to say or express. Mm. And um, as a result, musically nuance is more often than not altogether unwelcomed. And so, Mm. you know, speaking to everything that we were just talking about, the result is over the top hype. Oh yeah. Or you know what I mean? Or like pop pop music. I mean, there's very few pop songs that are up in the top 40. I'm sure that are extremely, extremely slow or like, extremely extremely like moody or whatever and it's just it's just i don't know it's not what plays because you know it's the same thing like i'm thinking in in regards to like movies you know it's like Mm. you you might need that r rating to get the serious you know nature that you want to come across in your story Mm. but uh, the studio would tell you no we need to keep it pg-13 because then families will come and we make more money 
Sure. And, you know, and you start realizing like, oh, I, you know, you don't want to replicate this rule or this formula, but you're realizing like, oh, dang it, there's, there's something else at play besides the art form itself. Yeah. That, that would limit it. Yeah. Well, and even, uh, I mean, it's also, I would argue it's for that same reason that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all about the mainstream. I'm all about, uh, sure. I'm all about the accessible and I'm all about the thing that welcomes everybody in. Um, but it's so hard to pull that off in a way that, um, has that exhausting. <laughs> well, in a way that has depth and, and that yeah. has some has layers to it. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's it's hard to make a Marvel movie that like would actually speak to your soul. Mm-hmm. It's hard to make a top forty song that actually is going to change your life um, mm-hmm. because the it connected with you as a person so deeply that uh, it changed your life. Having said that, the people who pull that off or the movies that pull, you know, whatever the medium, Mm -hmm. the ones who pull that off are, for me personally, some of my favorites. Like the Kendrick, a Kendrick Lamar. Oh, yeah. Like that guy outsold Kanye and Mm. or or outsold, you know, has billions of plays on Spotify. Oh, yeah. And the the deepest of the deep yeah one oh yeah and and you know what i mean extremely yeah well like uh i mean you could use just well i mean you could use almost any of them but i mean especially the last two like damn and um yeah to pimp a butterfly yeah there's so there's so um there's so much variety um and there's so much um there's there's so much uh and there's a lot of themes there's there's a lot of themes to what the songs are and and you get it, you know. It's like it's it's like it's like you're watching a play rather than listening to someone, you know, recite something to. It's like you can understand and feel the story, um, and that's what makes him so good. I mean, that's why a lot of people will relate him. I mean, he he does love jazz music and incorporates incorporates a lot. I mean, to pimp butterfly is like there's so many like great jazz yeah. involved in that album too. Yeah, but like. But like he, that's like almost like his rap style is it's almost like the dynamics of jazz. And it's like, yeah, there's slow parts. There's also like really intense parts. There's also like parts that there's just so much buildup and and there's just such an uh, an, uh, an epic thing, you know, being spun together and you're yeah. just on for the ride. You know, that that's why those those real jazz appreciators, appreciators, you know, don't mind the long form stuff and the epics, you know, it's like they want to see where it goes. They're on for the ride, you know, that then and, um, and yeah, it's like Kendrick. Of course, he'll also have those, those, those threads of of the pop, you know, the super yeah. poppy song that will take off. But then on the same album, he'll have you know, an earnest handful of, of different tempo, different style music, and it's just that's that's what's awesome. I mean, that, that's yeah. that's what's really great about a, a um, um, just a really um, dynamic personality is they, they, they want that, you know, and, and, it come, and I know it comes, especially with him, I know for a fact that it comes from what he was raised on and, and listening to the, to the music he listened to. And, you know, like listening to people like Herbie Hancock and stuff like that, that are like so cutting edge. And so like, you know, it's like you, you, you can't help but be complex by being, you know, inspired by these people because you're like, well, this is not, I don't want it to be the same thing. That yeah. feels too similar. 
and like that will happen to you. And I'm sure in your position, that's probably something that you, you get to, to finesse a lot is because, you know, there's, you know, this might be like the general idea of a show, but in this arc that we're doing a, a, um, a short for or whatever, you know, it has to have this feeling. So it's like, you might think it's like, oh, it's, you know, I don't know, it's, it's Dragon Ball Z. So it, it might be like on the, the, the brighter, rockier side, but it's like, it's a moodier trailer and it's like, oh, okay, this is like a dark, and you know, that's interesting or like something yeah. like that. Well, I mean, I will say that there's nothing that makes me rub my hands together more with excitement than the moment I realize there's just even a little bit of room for that kind of expression. Um, like, like dark, dark smoke and smog and it's like, Oh yeah. I mean, just the second, the second that I, I, the second I realized like, Oh, I can actually reach into my own soul, uh, to, you know, whatever it is, help sell these tires, um, or, or, or help get people excited about the show. Um, that is beyond exciting. It's actually funny to me like i think i've spent a, a lot of the last couple years making understanding the distinction that um maybe what i do best and maybe what i could best offer the world is uh maybe coming from a, a little bit more of an artist perspective than a sort of like commercial creative executor mm-hmm. um I, I say that to say I think I'm better as an artist. I think I've sort of like forced myself because I wanted to make a living. Sure. I forced myself to sort of like often set my soul aside or, you know, or or not even to put it that dramatically, just to sort of like um, put those, those, put myself aside and, um, and do my job. Which is, I, yeah. you know, which is, I think, what most people have to do that make a decent living. Um, and there's, it's totally noble. I don't mean that to say that doing that is, is uh, inherently a bad thing. Um, but what I, one thing I had to realize for me in my journey is that it might be kind of a bad thing if I'm doing it so much to the point that the artistic expression is, being completely set aside and um or or delayed or whatever um but all that to say that um you know maybe in a bad way uh a thing that's like held me over over the years are those occasional things i work on that where it's like oh uh this trailer needs a little bit of uh angst Mm-hmm. Well, Some I'm going, I'm going through a breakup. Like, let's, let's do it, you know, Bring and, it on. Yeah. or what, you know, whatever it might be, or, um, yeah. or even, um, I think the first version of that where I was successful was the, it was the third trailer I ever did for Funimation hmm. is for a show called Birdie the Mighty. Um, and I wrote this track that still to this day is like easily one of the, you know, cooler tracks I've ever made. It's not very well produced. It's very like me early in my career, raw as hell, uh, having no clue how to properly record guitars and, you know, 
all this stuff, um, just sort of trying my best. Cause I, I started when I was 21 and, uh, mm. I had no formal education. So very much so like faked it until I made it. And, um, but that song's a beautiful song. And the reason why it's beautiful is because as I was struggling to write it, I had this realization of the emotional tone that this trailer needs. I can equate to my own joy and excitement about having this new incredible job. Yeah. And so that's what came out of the guitar is those are the chords I found were the ones that, it, you know, yes, I was writing the picture, but what I'm actually expressing through that song is like this unbridled excitement of being 21 and like, holy shit, I make music for a living. Like I, <laughs> my dream came true. And that's what you, that's why the song's beautiful. The song's not beautiful because mm. I, looked at the image and thought, oh yeah, you know, and it it was being able to connect the the emotion of the trailer to the emotion to his to a sincere emotion in me. Um yeah. Well so, I think that's that I think that's something that's you a theme of what you've been expressing is you you obviously have a preference for sincerity. Yeah. And so when you're being directed to do something, it's just like a little bit like I'll do it. I will execute it. But it's just, you know, because I mean, it, it's different than like you having like a partner that's like, and it's like, hey, man, you you just do you. And then someone else that's like, do you, but don't do this, this and that and that. And you're like, oh, dang, okay. Well, yeah, because it just changes it. it. It changes. It just changes like how, I don't know, whatever now do you want to use to to think about how your your mind links thoughts and tangents and rattles off and curls the waves into further um cognition but well, like you it you just don't you don't know where it's gonna go yeah i i mean i will say though to your point i think uh maybe someone more suited to do what i currently do um the main ways in which i make a living um i would argue that a person more suited for that would not need that the kind of sincere motivation they might mm. be someone, I mean, I, and I've worked with people like this. I've worked with other composers like this um, mm. and interacted with other composers like this who they don't need any of that stuff. They don't need that at all. They can say, oh, sad, let me do a D minor seven into this chord, you know, and they mm. sort of know, um, I don't know, in a, just in a more practical way how to effectively execute. Um, yeah. I am not that I've never been that, uh, the ways in which I am that are only by pure survival, survival and pure, just like <laughs> I'm trying not to get fired. Um, but well, it lasted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, we're talking literally sometimes, I mean, especially early in my career, it was not uncommon to, um, stay up for 23 hours mm. and it's 6.30 in the morning and I've, I've stayed in my office and I finally finished the track and I send it over and um, I sleep in my office for two hours 
and start the next work day. Um, Dang. Because it's just like, that's sort of, uh, I don't know. That's just sort of what it took and, and maybe speaks to, again, how I was not necessarily inherently suited to do exactly what I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you've been doing it. Yeah, I've been like doing said, it and it's great. You've lasted. Yeah. I've well, been incredibly but, lucky. Well, um, yeah. Do you have any, um, you know, like, like favorite, favorite pieces that you've done or favorite, uh, things or even just like a favorite brand or asset that you, you like to work with a favorite, what say the last thing you said, uh, a brand or asset, like a, a one of the, yeah, know. I'll, I'll speak to a little bit of both those. Um, so I, I think my two main answers, um, in terms of recent history would be, uh, I did a track. I don't know that it's been utilized to the degree that it should be. Um, but I did a track for Attack on Titan mm. a few months ago that I would say is probably objectively the best track I've made in my career, um, mm, especially totally. from an execution standpoint. Like just the production turned out just bonkers good. Um <laughs> So would that be used for like the dubbing of the first part of the last season? Uh, it's so I think it was for part one of the last season to promote it, and the mm. the concept. This is not normally how we would operate, but um, it was actually something I suggested uh, where I knew it was coming up, and I thought we're probably going to promote it a lot. And I just wrapped up another big project, and. Um, so I proposed, why don't I just go ahead and make a 90-second track? Excuse me. Uh, why don't I make a 90-second track and um, and then we'll edit it down, you know, use it for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, which is often like kind of how we work. But usually there's like kind of an initial project that I'm assigned to when I make a track. Um, mm. But in this case, I just... I just sort of thought, like, we're going to do Attack on Titan stuff, so let me just go ahead and make a track for that. Sure. And, um, well, and you knew that it was coming. I mean, it's such a hot Yeah, hot exactly. Show well, and I, I've been fortunate to work on uh, – I've worked on every English dub, I think every English dub trailer that we've done. Oh, wow. So really? I've probably made, at this point, six or seven tracks for Attack on Titan, you know, that's been used all over the place. Um so in that way, it's what? I said, are you a fan of the show? Um, I I I am. I I low key. This is like might bum a lot of people out, but I low key oh. am not like a huge anime fan. Oh wow, really? It's not to say I don't <laughs> like anime, but it's just yeah, to yeah, say yeah. I'm not necessarily like an anime fan. Like if it. If an anime is great and someone recommends it to me, I will sure. watch it. But I'm I'm not your typical like, just sort of if like it's out there. You got to see it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's so more. Are, when you think of anime, like what are the you know what's in your pocket or like what 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 do you you know like Desert Island or like whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, I'm uh for me, it's a lot of the. It's pretty mainstream. It's, you know, things like Akira, mm. um, which I did get to work on a trailer for that. That was 
probably. Oh, really? Yeah, that was easily one of the cooler moments in my career with Funimation. It's just was to be it able for to... like the Blu-ray thing or when they remastered? It? Yeah, it was the recent remaster, and that one was cool. Oh, Got wow. that trailer was on Hype Beast and all this stuff. So that was that was really cool. Um, wow. Yeah, and uh, I mean, honestly, uh, as as generic as or you know what I mean, as obvious as it might be, uh, Dragon Ball B, Dragon Ball B, Dragon Ball Z is something I yeah. grew up with uh, as a kid. That's something I do remember Same. running home from school to watch, oh, um, and I've probably worked on <sighs> at least a dozen Dragon Ball yeah, Z trailers. Awesome. I've you know I've written. Yeah, probably you've written 12 to 15 pieces of music that have been used to promote that. And um, Well, you, you came in during the right era, during the right time for that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like nothing happening for a minute, and they're like, movie, movie, and all this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Going again. <laughs> Which is cool. One of the coolest things I got to do connected to Dragon Ball Z was um, they... I'm forgetting which movie it was. I think it was Resurrection F. Hmm. But um, one of the newer movies, I did the music for the pre-roll that was in the theaters. Oh, which, no way. Which was cool for me because it was a lot more longer term or longer form. So I kind sure. of made like a mini album and I got to hire, uh, I had a little, I rarely have a budget to like hire other musicians, mm -hmm. but I had a little budget and I got to hire one of my favorite drummers, uh, Mackenzie Smith, who drums in mm. this band, uh, Mid Lake. He drums for yeah. St. Vincent. He's like won a Grammy. He's one of my, and I'm a big, I'm a drummer personally, and I'm a big fan of drummers. Um, and he's easily in my top 10 favorite drummers of all the time. So it was cool to like, <laughs> here I'm working on this like Dragon Ball thing that's for this pre roll. It's like, I think it was about 20 minutes worth of music. And, uh, I'm in the studio with one of my favorite drummers and it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was cool. Yeah. That's crazy. Now I'm sure that's, I could see why that would be the highlight. <laughs> yeah. 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 I could imagine like the, the, the look on your face and you're like, yeah, you know, we can give you a budget. Can you bring in some people to help you? And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, that's, yeah, that's incredible. And especially to be, to be a, a, a fan, you know, to be able to hold the mantle of the, you know the public perception of this character that you've you've been watching this whole time you're like ooh, let me let me help set the mood i get my chance well <laughs> and i mean that's another one where i would say that the better music i've done connected to dragon ball is when i connected with those emotions of um anticipation and sort of a uh, a brutish confidence mm. and a a feeling of power within that when you're a kid and you're watching that show you feel those things like those are the, yeah. those are the emotions of that show that get you so fucking amped and um, yeah. you know so I think the better music I've written connected to that is when I tapped into like being a kid and being like I am utterly unstoppable you know i'm well i mean i mean like okay but what what dragon ball z that uh, if okay like nothing gets any dragon ball z fans that watched it and like started sure. as an adult but if you what dragon, i don't think you can name one but what dragon ball z fan 
as yeah. I started as a kid, never tried to do the power up. Yeah. Never tried to go super saiyan, you know, it's like, yeah. it's just, it, you, you, you know, you're just, you're channeling it and you're getting amped, you know, and I can just only imagine it's just, I don't know, to, well, to already respect it. And then you're like, all right, now you, you know, keep the hype going. I'm like, oh, I can do that. I've been yeah. doing it for forever. <laughs> well, and there, there's something too, I mean, that's, that's one thing I, that's one thing I will say, and I'm not trying to pat my own back, but like, um, I think, if you can get to those, like when I'm at my best, I'm getting to those deeper emotions, maybe in something that feels simple or feels surface mm. level. And so, you know, one person might, you know, maybe another person on the team might sort of think Dragon Ball and they might think, oh, mas masculinity, muscles, you know, brute, brute power. Or something like that, but um, yeah, fireballs, <laughs> uh, crazy fast punches, um, all those sort of things. But you know, uh, I would argue that those things don't create very; those emotions don't really create very good music. Like if you were to sort of think of music and you were to just describe it in those same words that's probably not a very interesting song well see i here so, here's where i kind of oh, differ yeah from okay from from some of the things i've said before even mm. <laughs> about you know variety and you know don't drone on and blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> is the fact that i i think i love dragon ball c so much mm. and especially the the dubbed music like growing yeah. up with that and that gnarly that tone on that guitar that they would use all the time, you know, especially yeah. during the Android saga, there was that one tone. I can still hear it in my head, man. I mean, it's still in there, man. Yeah. Like, I just like, <laughs> it's like that to me is like, it, it's just the epitome of like badass Dragon Ball Z, but it's just because I know that's when I was so aware of it and I was like actively like obsessed with it and, and really soaking it in, you know, like what we were saying, those formative years, that's like when mm -hmm. I was like, you know, like this is, this is content, my God. And then like the music is, is, is a whole other thing. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, I don't want to make it sound like too intense, but it's like, you know, you're watching Star Wars and you're like, oh, it's so thrilling. Well, it's also thrilling, not just because of the visual nature, but you also have John Williams uh, kicking ass in the background, just yes. like lit, you know, getting you just lit and you don't even know what's happening. You're just like, oh, this is epic. And it's like the same thing. I'm just like a kid watching Dragon Ball Z and like that guitar tone would just cut in. I'd be like, oh, yeah, some shit's about to go down. You know, yeah. <laughs> it would just give me so amped. So to wrap all that up, the, the, um, I wouldn't mind it if they, you, they, they it was always that guitar just ever, for, forever. Well, to me, that would just be like, yeah, that's Dragon Ball Z. No, but I would even argue the effectiveness of that guitar. I think there's a version of that guitar part that's less interesting. Mm. That a different composer, different writer, different guitarist mm. might play that in a less dimensional way. And Same. it would not connect with you on that okay. level. And then, alter, you know, even better, I mean, John Williams, come on. That's complex, ambiguous, crazy feelings of, uh, you know, that are 
it's it's all ends of the spectrum and in any star wars piece there's so much uh mysticism and joy and triumph and sorrow and yeah. both sides of the force and yeah, uh depth there's a so much depth to the star wars score in a way that i think is really underrated and you replace that with for instance i mean not to like bash on any one in particular but you replace that score with a modern with most of the modern marvel scores mm. star wars isn't star wars star wars is yeah. not it's just not even close to the same thing and you do not feel you probably wouldn't feel such a connection to it um and it's again not to, there's been some great marvel scores um but there's also been some like ones that it's sound simple. like you could have well there's there's some that sound like you could have frankly just bought them in a music library like they oh yeah they have no yeah. specificity to that story pull it out of garage band really quick yeah <laughs> they're just sort of like general action adventure score yeah um but the good ones have you know like a black panther or something like that like yeah there's a lot really more there yeah yeah well ludwig that's another genius. yeah oh my god that, he's that dude he's the guy he's as good yeah. as it gets yeah that's that's someone i mean there's a lot of people that like if they walk in the room I'd be like oh shit but like he's someone that like i feel like not everybody would like know who that is but like i would know who that is and i'm like oh my god but i think he, i think here's the other thing and i'm with you i think here's the other thing with him though is i don't know that we've seen anything like this since the rise of hans zimmer where it's like anybody who knows him knows that in 10 years 15 years 20 years he's hans zimmer right oh, the yeah. way we right. think of hans zimmer now yeah oh yeah we know oh, that time. that you can just already tell that's the like career I mean, the path fact, the fact that marvel i mean disney right but the fact that marvel and star wars have utilized him so much already in just the last like two and a half years alone it's just like or i mean then that's not even include black panther if i'm if i just say that yeah um, like you know this last five years it's insane because he has yeah. like like just a handful and then his the, the music stuff he does with uh glover and yeah um it's just it's just insane and and it's, to think that this dude was the uh, you know musical director for community yeah <laughs> you know, but you, and you, you <laughs> well, watch community and even well, even watch, better uh, no sorry to cut you off but even better uh my favorite thing that he's done that is so interesting in the context of his career this mm. guy who's just this like genius bursting onto the scene creating these iconic scores let's include creed as well my god right right um but uh my favorite thing is he did if you listen to new girl or if you watch new girl oh right the little simple it's like the simplest guitar but that's him on guitar yeah it's like he scored that show yeah <laughs> it's so funny to me <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, that's what's funny. It's like why, going back because we, me and my wife watched Community because she had never seen it before. We watched it all the way through, I think like three years ago. Oh, and then oh, just yeah. recently we were like, we should just watch it sporadically. Like we watched these other shows. Like it was yeah. great because I used to do that. And like the only reason why I didn't is because she was like, eh, I'm, just not, I'm not feeling it. But then now she's like all in it. But um, so we were starting to rewatch it. And um, but this time that 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 clicked in my head. 
like actively it was like oh yeah wait, wait he's the music he he's the music so i would try and think about that when they would do the random little fills and the vamping and the random little back stuff and some of it would be like really cool like some like little jazz um, number that's just like it's so it's so quick it might just be like one or two measures but it's just so such a cool little groove and it's gone um and just realizing like man like that dude's back there you know but yeah. it's, it's 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 like i equate it to watching arthur the cartoon like you watch arthur and you realize like oh you know arthur probably uh, made a lot of American kids love jazz and they didn't even know it, you know, and you, yes. <laughs> you, you, you watch, you listen to all the Dude, fills that also, they Hey Arnold. Like oh, right. Yeah. Hey Arnold. Yeah. Hey Arnold is what got me into jazz. Mm. They had some great <laughs> jazz and that yeah. actually not that long ago, I found this page and it was kind of embarrassing, but it was also kind of cute. Um, but I found this page in an old, unfinished journal from my childhood mm. and on one of the first pages i had writ i declared that jazz was my favorite music um <laughs> which what's funny about that is literally the like the context that i still remember to this day is like my only knowledge of jazz is having watched hey arnold and having found uh 88 one you'll know because you're dfw Eighty-eight one, the jazz station, yeah. uh, and uh, maybe I was on day two of listening to eighty-eight one on the radio, and I was <laughs> writing. You know, I was pretentious even in my childhood, writing in my journal. Ja oh, jazz is my favorite kind of music. <laughs> and he's like, name one jazz song. Yeah, I know. exactly. I, I know. Take I didn't five. even. <laughs> I didn't even know who John Coltrane was. Like. <laughs> Yeah, people are like, so what do you think about Miles? Like, who? Uh, my, my buddy <laughs> Miles, he's a cool guy. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Um, yeah, were, were, is there any, uh, were there any other uh, shows or anything else that uh, you, you really, I don't know, got to do something different or, mm. uh, or that you really, you know, it just held, it's just, it's up there, you know, in your memories yeah. from the past. Uh, well, you know, when you asked me that before, I think the other main thing that came to mind is, uh, in a lot of ways, the main thing I've worked on in the last couple of years, mm. which is the Funimation brand itself. Mm. Um, so a, a few years ago, we transitioned away from, we were not doing nearly as many trailers in-house. Mm. Uh like the video department that I work in. And um, so as a result, it was looking like a lot of my work was going to transition more towards sound design and mixing, which is something I can do, but maybe not necessarily something I enjoy doing as much. Mm. And um, when I kind of looked at the landscape of what all we were producing, the types of things we were putting into the world as a company, I had this realization of like, oh, we need like, we need an entire suite of music and sound design. And even, you know, obviously there's the most obvious sort of sonic branding for a company would be its logo and, you know, its animated logo and having music and sounds connected to that, you know, yeah. whether it's a little jingle or, you know, 
um, everybody right, right now wants me to do all, any client I have right now wants me to fucking do the same Netflix, you know, knock rip off. They all, no, that's all anybody. Thing. Yeah. So <laughs> anybody, everybody's convinced that that's, uh, that's the sort of, uh, that's target. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's fresh. It's frustrating on my end because it's, uh, yes, it's incredibly iconic and memorable. It's not, uh, like it's not the most uh pleasing sound in my mm. opinion sure it's memorable but i don't it, you know if there's something i'm going to hear almost every day uh for me personally it's not exactly so i've actually i've actually literally in branding sonic branding meetings have tried to pitch before up front hey we shouldn't do this like we shouldn't <laughs> I've tried to say up front, like let's not do Netflix. Let's do something more sonically pleasing. Um mm. but anyways, that's just my that's just my taste. But all that to say, um going back to the Funimation branding, like I, I realized like we're putting out so many social videos, so many commercial spots, um, just so many different things that have the Funimation brand attached to it that what would be the most useful thing for me to do with my time is to create a suite of sounds and songs connected to that, um, that give our company a personality. Um, and so I've spent the better part of the last couple of years, everything from our logo, uh, to, um, you know, if you watch any video, that's like a social post, that's probably a song I've written in the background. Um, but even even things like um, you know our, the lower thirds, the intros, the in tags, all of those things. Like if there's a graphic that has our company's branding, then there's a sound that has our company's mm. branding, um, and sort of like spearheading that and getting to explore that and getting to sort of figure out the the personality of the company and um, yeah. That was a really, really rewarding and um, just it was fun to work on, but it was also just um, it, I hadn't I hadn't quite done anything like that. And I've since gotten to do a decent amount of sonic branding for other companies. And I'm honestly hoping that my career leans a little bit more in that direction because that's something I really, really enjoy. Hmm. That's cool. Well, that, that's awesome because, I mean, it's. It's kind of like, because I mean, because I can definitely understand it. Because my the parameters of my job, like when dealing with big corporations, are like, yeah, it's like a it's it's a branding guide, or like there's a asset like limitations, and like mm -hmm. you, you know, and if you don't have that, like, because like with me, it's like we're we're physical media, right? So like when I address a company that maybe is only like five years old, but they're growing like crazy. Um, but they haven't had a, a real marketing director yet. They just maybe had like some managers that were tag team in it and just yeah, green, or they hired someone to do it a while ago and they've just been writing it out. And then I talked to them and I asked them for like their Pantone colors and like, or, or what, 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 um, this and like a vectorized format and all these things. And they're like, Oh, we don't have that. And like, well, you know, like the big dogs have it all in a collection and all on a single thing. So I understand exactly where I'm going. I mean, there's just always, rules i mean that's what we've been talking about this whole time but it's i don't know that that's that's why it's 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 nice to, to have that 
and and but it's cool to develop it which is what you're talking about what yeah to to yeah because you're almost personifying what yes corporation is what this group of people are you know it's like it's like you you know it's just like does this match the match the room does this fit me it's like with me and my branding you know it's like I, I have, because I come from this, I have multiple phases already planned. So like my year one phase, like you can look like all my episodes, it's just a simple gradient with my MM design on it. Mm. But like I knew that the second year, which is like, you know, this is year two. Okay. Um, it has like this audio wave, like it's more like visually interesting. Um, you know, like if you go to my website or I use it a lot, my content recently, um, it's just like this moving, you know, like blue and purple, you know, wave through like space. Um, oh, yeah. and then next year it's like more of this like crazy looking thing. And then I have the next year after that too, but it's, uh, but I respect that. That's but, really cool to, to be yeah. that far ahead in your planning. Yeah. Well, I, I, this is a humble brag, I guess I don't like to talk about myself, but just brag, brag. Let's go. I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> if there's one thing when it comes to like marketing and branding or design and all the stuff that mm. I have always thrown myself at, like said, like, I'm good at that. Like, throw put me in the ring. Like, put mm. me with your best guy. Do it. Like, I'm 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 in it. Is logo design. There's just oh, something yeah. about it that I have always not defended, but I've just, I guess, like, just really honored and respected that, like, if I could find, like, like, um, what's a, what's a good example? There's a transportation company, a logistics company called Knight Transportation. Okay. And, 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 um, like, Knight, like a medieval knight. And, and the K is, like, in the perfect shape of a, of a knight donned in armor with his lance and all this stuff. And it's, like, it, it's perfect. Like, it is, it fits perfectly. Or this other one that's called Spartan Golf, and it's, like, it's a golfer, and he's swinging, and his swing has turned into, like, the top, you know, bristles of, like, a Spartan helmet. And and his silhouette is the perfect face of, like, a Spartan's, like, you know, profile or, like, whatever. Mm. Like, that stuff is just always, like, leaped out to me, just, like, a great stellar piece of music or a great, a great anime. But no, it's... I, it's Oh, keep going. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to go. No, yeah, off. but but it's just something that like I've always tested myself at. It's not just like I I love it and I appreciate it and I and I can observe it and be critical. But when I was in school for ad design, I that's what I would do when I would finish the tests, when I was done with the assignment. Man, I wouldn't be on my phone. I would be I would be making up stupid fake logos. I mean, I yeah. literally have like, you know, I would make up a stupid business name and try and make the most clever logo I could, just like wasting time doing that sometimes and so um i love it and that's why i've I've enjoyed doing my job these last few years is because yeah sometimes i'm just processing an order of what a business needs but every now and then i'll get that medium-sized business that needs a little more help or something and like i that's i I love it um yeah yeah i i mean yeah there 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 really is i mean it sounds like we really connect on this like there is something to i mean using your words which i i think you put it well uh personifying a company like yeah. like figuring there's something to like the creative process that happens inside yourself like as a creative to sort of like be in meetings with people um to sort of take in as much information as you can about yeah the business, the personality of the people you're interacting with, the personality of the the sort of bigger culture of the company itself. Um, 
and all these different things and to sort of like let it kind of result in an aesthetic expression um is there's something like it it's uh easily one of the funnest things i've i've ever done is is any any logo i've ever worked on yeah well and it's funny because it it's it's almost like once you've put on all the all these all this work into building this character of what the company is it's like you're you're really just you're you're committing to a persona but you're you're really all you're doing is triggering like a tribal response out of your audience or like oh yeah that's that team and that's what they're about you know just like back in medieval times you'd have your you know insignia on a flag in the front and your colors and all that no 100 percent. and i mean i would even connect it to uh something like a political candidate like a lot of times, I mean, don't get me wrong. I am personally deeply political, and we we don't have to go into my politics, but um, but like in all reality, most candidates don't win on policy yeah. on either side. Public, yeah, it's like it's, public perception. It's just oh, I like that guy. That guy seems, yeah. you know, and yeah, that's why um, like a good last name is like yeah is, is or a ringer you know? or even um i mean there's the famous thing that everybody mentions there was that debate between kennedy and nixon and oh yeah if, where he looked sick well no there was it was like uh it was the first televised debate and because right. kennedy was handsome the you, the well, viewers nixon was also sick oh you oh that's flu. right okay and yeah, he was sweating and, and, and people thought he was sweating because he was nervous, but he was actually oh, sick. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's right. I forgot about that aspect. But yeah, that, My that's dad's what a huge I was Nixon like. nerd. Like he's not a fan of Nixon. He just knows he's a weird person. So yeah, that's know a lot of random things. <laughs> um, Shout out, Dad. <laughs> no, I dude, you're in good company. I I, I randomly found out uh my grandma passed away last year. She uh it was like while we were unpacking her house, we found a piece of nixon memorabilia and um it was really odd to me because i don't think she's necessarily i think she's kind of centrist she's not necessarily like a Mm -hmm. super conservative person like politically and um i was like that's interesting and my dad was my dad was like oh yeah she loved him she apparently she went door to door for him and which is so interesting to me in the context of her not necessarily altogether being like Republican, mm. but her going, mm. you know what, that Nixon guy, I like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I will, because again, I am pretty well versed in Nixon. My dad is like, yeah. he could be a professor. And it's literally not because of like, most of it's not because of like agreement on like stance. It's just because of like, how interesting that individual was and that i don't know i mean i could understand like if you're really watching things and you're or if you're into business that you would think that he was a great man because he opened up a lot of trade things but well hey hey he he founded the epa i will always give him that there you go i mean that's that is a beautiful thing um i mean i'll say this this is like so much worse than nixon um and not the best timing but he's a murderous evil person right hear me out i mm. i don't like him as a person and his effect mm-hmm. on the world but i am 
one of the most fascinating people on the planet to me is Putin. Mm, oh, yeah. And he's a piece of shit. Oh, like, yeah. well, obviously, so then, well, he's an evil, evil you person. Remember, brother, the most in- interesting people will always be the extremes. Exactly. <laughs> on well, either side. <laughs> well, and with him, with him in particular, I think part of what I find so fascinating is, um, I would, I mean, obviously, his recent actions are not only horrific and evil, um, but also I would argue a strategic blunder. Mm. But I think if you remove that, he is otherwise his political record. He's very intelligent, like good executor in the realm of politics. Granted, again, he's often doing very evil things when he, but he's, he's, they're Bri- interesting to observe. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he's very brilliant at being evil. Um, yeah, well, it's like Roger Stone. It's like the more you look into, yeah, the exactly. You're just like, what the heck? And he did what? Like it's just, yeah. it's, it's crazy. No, <laughs> he's, just, he's, he's rabbit hole doesn't end. No, he's very much on on those same lines where he's just like utter piece of shit, but very fascinating. Um, well, and he he doesn't have good PR worldwide right now, which I think that's what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, no, but definitely. I mean, like, like just going back to the whole Nixon Kennedy thing. I mean, that's huge. I'm, I'm this whole time I've been trying to remember. There was this um, presidential candidate in like the early 2000s. I think he was he was from Pennsylvania. He was like senator in Pennsylvania or something like that. Yeah, and he was like the front runner, and and he was killing it. He was and he was he he, he was he was leading every poll. And then he goes and does a speech and ends it with like a howl. Uh, like, Dean. Yeah. Uh, what's yeah. his first name? Howard Dean. Well, yeah. Yeah. Howard Dean. Yeah. Yeah. The and, and he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he does that weird long yell. And we're and going to he, Michigan. And we're yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he and yeah. And then it just <laughs> just skyrocket. I mean, it just plummeted. And I was just like, yeah. No, like that kind of stuff. It's like. You never know. That's one of the greatest <laughs> moments in political history is like a guy yeah. who's literally just like utterly just Excited. set to be president. Just was, there was no one in his way. And he did that. He made that one sound that came out of his mouth. And he, he was just got excited. Done. He was done a day later. He was out. Yeah. That was That's crazy. How bizarre. <laughs> but all that to say, I mean, bringing it full circle. You know, all you brought up those tribal instincts, mm-hmm. and that's what you know. Both you and I do when we're talking about personifying a brand is, is you need to sort of, in some sort of just ambiguous way, it, often in a you know, in the case of a visual logo, it might, it might be the split second you see it. Or in the case of like a five second animated logo with my sound behind it, you know, hmm. those five seconds, those four notes you might hear in a row, you need to effectively trigger that kind of tribal thing that goes, ah, I love, I love Funimation. Yeah. You know, or yeah, what, you yeah. know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. You trigger the familiar, like you yeah, like the, what is, I, I don't know. I can't re- recall the notes off the top of my head, but like the NBC tone exactly everybody knows that or or even the netflix like i mean i know i kind of shit on it earlier but like i i ultimately respect it it's it's ext- i mean i knew what you were talking about yeah it's just it's extremely <laughs> like, effective like it it you hear that sound and you go oh yeah uh 
Tiger King or, you know, whatever, whatever show you like. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you try to binge. <laughs> well, um, I guess I have just like two other questions primarily yeah. that I wanted to make sure to get out there. Yeah. I'll um, tell you what, I'm, cause I, I, I've been kind of like, just give me a second because I real I turned on my phone because I realized that my roommate might be like waiting at the door to come in because he knows we're recording. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know yeah, what no I mean. Worries. So I'm gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. text him back so as sure. uh, so as to not leave him hanging. Uh, but I I felt bad. I looked down a couple times because I was just like, oh shoot, I need to <laughs> it's make okay, sure. Man. Um, Do your thing. But. Yeah, I hate to I hate to give you another edit point. Um <laughs> yeah, I've no I've I've edited podcasts before, so uh it sounds like you might be a little more casual with it, but I've I've edited podcasts where there were like four hundred cuts. Oh god. And yeah. that you know what I mean? In the edits just because I mean like today, today I actually edited and uploaded my last episode it's uh with joe dyson he's a jazz drummer um, oh cool he uh he tours with uh pat metheny right now okay he's like, yeah yeah you know the king of of jazz guitar uh well a lot of things he's a crazy producer or composer Anyways, yeah i got I, I got to see metheny here at the majestic oh and, hell yeah uh, I, i've been keeping up with joe and uh he gave me a shout and it was like hey you know we can chat for like an hour or two you know before the show and so he like took me on stage and showed me a setup and oh dude to, i'm jealous yeah, of that nice. that's fucking yeah, it was cool. crazy and that dude was like the nicest guy man joe so cool and did uh, you yeah, uh just, sorry go ahead oh no i was gonna say yeah and I, I just took a you know really minimal setup and we just set up in his green room and uh just yeah i just had a chat um and yeah, yeah. Well, he had some spare time. And, Dude, that's uh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, like that one. I uh, uh, oh, well, this is the reason why I bring it up. I bring it up because this was the first one where I ever had to make a series of cuts and 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 balances because of um, the room we were in. I don't know how he did it. We, oh, we it was very sorry. echoey. Sorry. Uh -huh. I, don't I don't know if that picked up on the mic. Sorry, go ahead. No. Um, um, I don't know how his did it because like the room was very echoey and we tried to like, you know, we had like big coats and so we were trying to like cancel it out and be, mm -hmm. you know, clever. And um, I think we did an okay job, but somehow his was like super clear, but then mine wasn't, or no, it wasn't oh. that. It was that every time I spoke, you couldn't hear him because he talked so light. But then I realized that I think uh, I, just had a, I had a way more projective voice than he did because he yeah. talked very, very lightly. And uh and every time I spoke, you could hear me and his, but it was like a, an echo out of yep. his channel. And so every single time he, um, I was speaking, I had the yep. mute his channel. And I had an audio gate that helped, but, you know, I still had to even it out and some of it. So no, yeah, that I, was kind of annoying, but dude, it, it, I, it was worth it. <laughs> I, I, I know exactly your pain. I, I worked on a podcast where the different hosts – had such varying volumes and we had one in particular and she was great she was a great host but she spoke often in an utter whisper oh geez like her especially that. a lot a lot the end of her paragraphs were and like, we're talking like 
I'm editing it and having to boost it 20 dBs. Jeez. Just to, just to kind of make out what she's saying, um, which is fine. She was just a very dynamic speaker, but it was a nightmare to, to edit and mix that podcast. Mm. But then on top of that, we used the – I didn't get to consult on the equipment we used on that podcast, and it was a couple of consumer-level mics that um, we'd usually just have one in figure of eight, and we'd have the two hosts on each side of the polar pattern. Mm. Um, so so there's no separate track, so you no. always have to – yeah. <laughs> So I'm just I'm just like it's it's even worse than if you have two mics and you and you can go through and sort of see where the signals you can see the gap yeah yeah, yeah it, it was a nightmare uh, man yeah uh, that that's why I felt at least thankful that he was consistent as a as a as an individual as a speaker like when he would talk he would always have basically the same level and mm. so anytime i knew i was being too loud it was very obvious because his waves would start to pick up i'm like oh yeah there's me <laughs> yeah 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 no exactly uh, um, voice well you said hey. sorry you said you had a couple more questions oh yeah 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 so uh one of them um it's pretty simple one just kind of like you know what, what what got you into music or what what made you want to pursue this mm. um Is it running the family? Is it? Yeah, I don't. I here here's here's the best. I'm I'm trying to think of the most succinct way to put it. Um, I think it took me a long time to realize this. Um, and this goes back to something I was speaking to earlier. But <clears throat> I think the the thing that actually got me into it was that. This is I'm this is going to sound so pretentious but I was an artist and I was looking for a medium. Mm. I like and I say all that to say that I would actually say um again going to sound pretentious as hell but I'm a lot more so an artist than I am a musician or uh an audio engineer or any of those things. Sure. Um I think this just happens to be the medium that I found myself stuck in, uh, mm -hmm. which don't get me wrong. I I've always had a deep passion for music uh, from an early age. Like at the age of two, I would get up every Saturday morning, put on cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. And I would pull a little fake guitar out of my toy box and I would put a, videotape in the vcr of stevie ray vaughn <laughs> and it was his music videos and i would just sit there i it would be like seven in the morning because that's you know when kids wake up yeah and uh i would i would be i would be in front of the tv for two hours just air guitaring with this, this or not air you know but pretending to play guitar with this toy guitar yeah. So there's obviously always a, a love and a passion from the early stages, but um, all that to say, I was not at all inherently talented as a musician on mm. any level. Did not have good rhythm, 
certainly didn't have good pitch. Can't seem to save my life. Um, there was nothing about it that was prodigy or 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 anything like that. Or even uh there was nothing where I was even decent from the get-go. It was a struggle, but it seemed, I think in retrospect, it seemed at the time to be the most obvious and easy to learn way to express myself. Mm. Um, and I don't think I knew that at the time. I don't think I realized that's why I had the drive I did. Um, but it's so obvious to me now because I did not start out by learning, by taking guitar classes or learning a bunch of guitar tabs of mm. my favorite guitarists. Mm. I wrote a song from day one. That mm. that was what interested me. Was mm. was and and it continued to stay. Tuesday, I can't. If you put me in front of a piano or give me a guitar or something like that, I literally don't think I could play you one cover of any artist that I mm. know. I don't think mm -hmm. I could play you one. Like I'm not really a musician. I just happen well, I to. Can, yeah, I can understand. I can I can I can relate to that musical nature though um, that you're describing, like like the way you're using it rather than like thinking that there's a, a, a method to get, you know, great or, or just good. Like, like, it's like to me, like I, I grew up around music and then like a lot of people in my family play it. Most of the people either play guitar or they sing or both. Mm. And, um, I was, I was just shy to it, um, for whatever reason. Um, you know, my, my path or my perceived path at the time as a teenager was like, you know, oh, I'm going to be the film guy, you know, I'm mm. going to direct something, I'm going to edit something. Oh, and cool. that's why I got into, in the audio video work. Yeah. Um, but, but as I started to play guitar as an adult, like in my twenties, um, I really, cause I, cause I started with the bass because I had a group of friends that would, that would get together and we would hang out. But then I found out that sometimes they would get together and jam. And I'm like, Oh, well, like, I'm not like, I don't, I don't have that in me. And so like my brother-in-law was in the group and he was like, well, you should just come man and just hang out. I mean, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, well, play the bass. You know, I don't want to play the bass, but you know, I can play something else cause I know it, but you know, just, just be the bass man. And yeah. so my, earnest roots of like actually attempting to be a musician really came from me trying to find whatever like naturally was coming out of me and you know and i lean on my ego obviously because i didn't know have knowledge but but uh now that i've been practicing for years and years i don't learn a song so i can understand how dan arbach thought or and understand like how yeah. someone did something or you know maybe to achieve a tone i'll be obsessed with that but really, when I learn their song, it's nice. There's something about it that brought me to it, and I appreciate it. I, mm -hmm. I honor it. But my nature and why I'm really using it or how I'm using it is just to learn how they connected the notes that I'm familiar with and what clever little things that they do. It's yeah. not necessarily like what the song is, and I'm I'm defending it constantly. And, yeah, you know, I'm I am not up to jam. It's like no, no. no. If anything. When I learn a song, it's to jam better. It's not. Yeah. It's not. I'm not jamming to eventually learn a song, and so it's this little cross-wired thing that's mm -hmm. in me that's that prevents me from. And I've gotten better. I've been with this group for this last year that they do a lot of covers and stuff, and so it's got me much more in that practice mode of like 
executing an yeah. exact you know product rather than like well come come just be expressive and just have an awareness of what you're doing and just make sure it's 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 even and respectful of whatever the other people are doing and um and then i think what that is is just you're just expressive and and you can have a medium and it doesn't matter you just need to learn the dynamics of it and yes. you can execute yes because you know? i'm 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 the same way i mean I, I play everything and that's probably why you're you're in the position you are right now because uh, if you're a musician you might have you know, really defended that you are a trumpeter or that 100%. you are a guitarist, Yeah, you know, and, and, but there's something about peeling out those specifics and you only being obsessed with the general stuff mm -hmm. and you're, you just have a, a better, um, um, digestion on what, what to do and, and, and how yes. to take things on and, and how to complicate them further. Um, and then whenever you are trying to channel one thing, you're better because you understand how it's already going to work with something else. You know, it's like when I was a bass man, I moved to drums um, and uh, next after that and then electric guitar. Um, and then I've been trying to learn piano last year. Um, oh, cool. But the um, the 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 drum going that direction made mm -hmm. me a significantly stronger guitarist by the yes. time I became a guitarist 100%. because the rhythmic section, I, I understood it. I understood how to respect it, where it was going how to talk to them, you know, what, what they would want to hear from me. You know, I wasn't some dude just showing up and like, you keep up with me. It's like, no, dude, you don't understand. You're keeping up with them. Like they are the time, like, you know, you need to respect them and like, or there's so many other dynamics involved, but yes. like, just, just, it was just different. But if I was just, you know, relying on my guitarist persona, it's like, I yeah. just don't, I, I don't feel like I would be good stuck in a box like that, you know, not just because I think like I would evolve into some sour person, but I just, for some reason, uh, I just think, um, I'm more fluid than that and well, I can feel more volume. I'm a, I, yeah, no, I, that's all I, yeah, I'm with you on all of that. I think I'm a big belief, like, I'm a big believer in the idea, and this is sort of a more recent theory of the last few years. So I, um, something I did later in my career that um, I sort of stumbled into is I started running live sound just mm -hmm. as a sort of side gig. Um, mm -hmm. It was just like uh, an owner of a studio that I'm friends with. He hit me up one day and uh, said, hey, can you hey, you're, you're an engineer. Can you fill in for me? And uh, I said, I've, I've never run live sound. Like, no. And he said, no, I've seen you in the studio. You're good. You, you know microphones. You know, you know mic pattern. You know, you, you mm. know how to engineer. You'll be fine. Mm. And um, anyways, I, I, I found myself in that world. And then I got sucked in because honestly, the money's pretty damn good. Um, and so I've run sound the better live sound the better part of the last five years just because it's like mm. it, if you can on a Sunday wake up and go to church and you know make a few hundred bucks it's it's hard to say no to that um, yeah. but uh, one of the real gifts of of going down that path was um, if especially if you if you run live sound at a church, uh, in a lot of cases, those are really talented professional musicians that mm. if the church has the budget, they're hiring these, you know, I, so all of a sudden I found myself 
getting to interact with world-class jazz musicians, some mm-hmm. of the best drummers I've ever seen, pianists that will just blow your mind, that just have an yeah. encyclopedia of music theory knowledge. Yeah. And just can shred all day. They can just sit there and play jazz for hours. Um, And interacting with all those different musicians, it really showed me the distinction between someone who's more on the sort of composery artist side and someone who is a musician. And I... And it's to say there's not one better than the other. If anything, I would probably have a little more respect for the musician because of the degree of over-the-top discipline it takes to be great at an instrument. Um, Certainly discipline that I don't have. And um, But all that to say, two very, very different people. Like they... Those types of musicians, most of them struggle to write a decent song. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they could sit there again and, and play like incredible classical music or like really complex jazz for hours, but they, uh, for whatever reason, the way they're wired, it's just sitting down and writing a simple song is not as inherent to their nature as yeah. it might be to a really, you know, I'm raw as hell at most instruments like you know could not really play professionally almost any instrument um but you know i can write songs all day Mm -hmm. you know that's there's no there's no aspect to that it's a problem for me um but yeah just all that to say that like um yeah it's it's just been like you know, going back to your nature, I think that's one thing I've realized with music is a lot of people will gravitate towards an exciting medium like music. Uh, but I think sometimes your the the way your relationship or even your profession in music plays out, I think is ultimately still connected to your personality and 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 sometimes i think yeah and i think sometimes that you don't know that going in and it gradually unfolds and i've seen it work both ways like Mm -hmm. i i don't i on no level went into music consciously thinking oh i want to be a you know an artist i want to express i didn't have these sort Mm of you know thoughts of grandeur but like you know, I I quickly found out I'm not a musician. I don't, I'm not going to sit there and practice scales all day. That's not, you know, that was never going to be my path to success with the music. Well, um, that's, that's like a good friend of mine said, you know, a real musician really defines the definition of insanity because the definition of insanity <laughs> is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting <laughs> yeah. something different. Yeah. And that's what a musician, a real musician does yes. for like eight hours a day before they perform the same thing over and over and over again (laughs) yeah and i no dude and for real and 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 alternatively i i mean i play the the handful of times i've tried to do like exercises or scales or just shit like that Mm -hmm. i do it like three times and i'm like i'm not getting any faster like let's call it a day you know and i end up writing a song instead yeah 
Yeah. It's, it's everybody's a little different. You know, some, some people might get so hung up on tone and just obsessed mm-hmm. with that while someone else is just focused on timing and making sure that's really dynamic and like, you know, interesting while someone else like, it just doesn't sound good. You know, there's just so many things that you could get hung up on, but the more you're willing to, I don't know, I don't know. It's just everybody's playing by different rules and everyone's living their own little, you know, reality on what the, what, well, what the world is like, but also what music is and, yeah. you know, and how to come to it and how to find it, you know, when it's yours. Cause you know, it's like with me, it's like, I mean, I, like I said, I'm a jam person. So like I find a lot of my little stuff, like, yeah, like I have my little musician things where like I will, I, I'm a, I'm a semi-disciplined person where like I'll, I'll make a point to practice like a certain amount all week, you know, like mm-hmm. on my guitar, like running through a mode or a scale or something. Yeah. Because when I jam, I realize like it feels, I feel more magical when, you know, obviously I'm just more limber and ready to mm-hmm. go. Um, but when I'm doing that really consistently and I'm in a season where like I am staying disciplined like that and then i go to like a, a jam and i come up with something because i'm always recording it like we, we have a spot out in middle um where i have like everything's mic'd up i've got it all rigged up oh um, cool and so like i capture everything and wow. it's, it's mine you know and like and yeah. i tell them like if you have something that you like that you came up with or whatever let me know and i'll isolate it or mix oh, it yeah. for you whatever and so like when we're out there it's just it to me it, it's a gym that's what it is yeah for me to get out there and like, and like what you just said, like freeform jazz, like, man, I have like so many like little things where it's like me just going for like 18 minutes, just like, it's just me, a drummer and a bassist. And like, they hold down like a, a beat and I tell them like, I don't know, a certain measure counter. I just tell them to watch me for the changes. And then we'll just like, just go. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just improving for like 18 minutes. So I'm like, all right, that felt great, man. It's like, there were at least a couple of things I really liked in there. And then I'll have to sift through it and find it. And then that'll eventually become something. I have so many of those. <laughs> yeah so that's that like that's my nature in it but i love cool. it that just makes me feel like yeah i don't know it makes me feel like i'm working out rather than like i'm i'm trying to learn you know something that's just knowledge to have it feels like no this is an exercise yeah it's not just practice it is an and it is an exercise and you, and you need to exercise it outside of your you know space and all that yeah that's but, yeah. cool yeah, and I'm a little jealous. And I'm a little jealous of that. <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I practice my instruments when I need to, but I mean, the other day I got asked to jam with some buddies, and um, they'd initially reeled me in, but with me playing drums, which I am actually pretty disciplined with drums. But drums is its own thing. Drums is fun. The un- the other instruments aren't as fun. But I can I can sit down on any day of the week and play drums for ninety minutes, and I will always have a blast doing that. Uh, that's not discipline; that's just fun. But um, so they'd reel me into that. But then there was like uh, a few points when we were jamming. It was like a four hour jam, and there's like multiple points mm. where someone would say, "Oh, I want to play drums. Like, why don't you take my guitar?" Sure. You know. And so I ended up playing every instrument during the jam. And, uh, especially when I was not on drums, oh my God, it was so, it was so embarrassing, but I was, I was realizing, I was realizing as we were jamming the degree to which I don't, I don't practice. I don't do any of those things because I think as I was holding a guitar, I was like, oh, I've played guitar 
twice in the last year. And it was like the two gigs I had that were guitar heavy where mm-hmm. I needed to track some guitars. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like but a very it, specific thing. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately that's kind of where I've gotten with, with uh, all my instruments other than drums is like, I pick them up as a means to an end. I do not pick yeah. them up for their own joy. Um, yeah. Which is maybe a little sad, but. <laughs> well, that's up to you to change if you seem so. <laughs> I, I won't. I refuse to. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know, I, I would just, I'll just say one thing of encouragement. I'll just say if there, if you know there's a lane that you favor, then own it. You know, just, just, yeah. just maybe, you know, give that a little bit more love. And uh, I don't know, love on yourself by, you know, learning a little bit more or doing something to make sure that you, you know, love yourself by having the confidence in yourself, you know, not just by like, I can do that. But like, because that's what that's what I, the terms yeah. I had to come to, like in myself is thinking like, I, I would really appreciate to be better at this. I know it's not going to be me in like a week or like me, but if I can do it in incremental little bitty bits because you know, like now it's been easier for me because I, I work from home starting like late last year yeah and um and it's like it's been much more easier to usher in that kind of thought because it's like oh i don't have to drive 40 minutes to get here i don't have to do this anymore it's like i i get these little spurts where like i can at least fit in like a 30 minute run through of this mode yeah or, or at least covering this song like i said before not because i want to learn the song or because i'm going to perform it but be just because i can understand where you know their mind was in the you know in 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 the connecting the, the notes or 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 just the feel like thinking like you know if i'm playing this bluesy song and i love this one little like um 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 slidey part or like the this little off time thing that they did it's like i'll do that but in a different note just down here you know make it my own or like whatever but it's like that just feels good but i think it's also i'm only geared that way nowadays because of the whole jam community aspect that i've i've kept myself locked into for at least the last five years or so yeah i'm just like going out and like there's no judging you know you can go up there you be way too loud and i'll just tell you to tone it down and just like just don't get offended now it's the only thing in the, the rule about jamming i mean it's, i mean there are ground rules if you're paying attention but some people aren't as practiced and they don't know you know yeah. they don't know what it means when you say look for look at me for the changes or we're going to change on this bar like whatever um so there's going to be little slip-ups but it's just one of those things where like don't get don't get mad like don't get envious like yeah. get inspired and like just run after it i don't know well and, like I, my thing is i just didn't want to look bad so <laughs> i just kept practicing <laughs> i mean i i will say this i mean to your point though i'm actually realizing that i want to do that in the opposite direction like a lot mm. a lot of my meditations the last couple of years has actually furthered me in the opposite direction in the sense of I've actually further distanced myself from um, the specifics of music, if that makes sense. Mm. I've mm. get I've gotten to where like like these days, like even when I'm working on a commercial gig these days, it's a lot more of a like standing outside of it all and going. Yeah, we'll do I'll I'll do a sad part here and then they'll I'll do a build up here and then um there'll be a little baseline here that'll kind of have a faster pace. But I'm actually like 
I've I, the more I've realized what actually interests me um, in music, which is which is more just artistic expression that happens to be expressed sonically. The more I've actually like, I'm like, I want to play, I want to play guitar less. I want to play, I want to like, I want to touch the piano even less. Like I, I want to uh, get further away from those things that are not actually mm. what I consider myself good at. And those aren't the things that get me off. Like I don't, if I rip on guitar, there's zero rush. There's rush. There's so much more of a rush if I find the right chord on my computer keyboard mm. or I've drawn the notes in or whatever it might be like, these are the thing. those are the things that really turn me on. So I'm actually like, in my mind, the, the, a lot of my ambition is to head even more that direction. And part of what I mean by that is, uh, I'd, I'm a lot more interested in writing, you know, I would say most years I probably write a hundred, 150 songs, you know, about half of those might be used commercially. Hmm. Um, I want to write like three to 500 songs a year moving forward. I want to like hmm. move even more in that direction. And again, I want, I, I even want my approach to that to be a lot less like, Oh, let me, let me write in this mode and like, use that C minor nine into the, you know, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. I want to think a lot less like that and think a lot more like, yeah, let's do purple with red and like have this undertone, you know, and really mm -hmm. sort of uh, more ambiguously uh, create. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's like you, you, you're, you've practiced it in, in such a method and over time that now you've just built up a comfort, not out of like, like out of, um, this, like not disingenuine, like not, like not fake comfort by like, you just got lucky, but like you understand the dynamics of, of what's expected and also what to feel for a yes. certain project. And you've just executed it in enough to where, yes, I don't know. And, and everyone's a little bit different. Maybe in your mind, it's easy for you to catalog what those tones and themes and what that awakens, you know, in your mind, you know, it's yeah. like to a painter, it's like you, you describe like a scene that you would want. And, you know, you might be thinking, thinking, talking to them about painting the sea. And of course you're like, oh, well, there's going to be a lot of blue in it. But then like a painter that's really, you know, experienced or whatever, they're going to go for the greens. They're going to go for these little off tones. And it's just, I don't know, it's just different. You're, 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 you're thinking different because you found the details and in, in other things and, yes. and it's clicked. And in, I don't know, you've probably just found a comfort level of profession where if you understand, I don't want to sound all like casual here. If you understand the vibe of whatever the project is yeah. and you understand how it'll, you know, how to get there, you know? No, I mean, not, I'm, you know, I'm not against that word at all. I think that's perfect. You know, I, I, like even the album I'm working on right now, a lot of a lot of the process of writing it has been the process of I write a thing and I go, oh, it's not quite the vibe. Mm -hmm. And let's let's just shift it. Let's go back, you know, let's have a few writing sessions and um 
let's see if let's see let's just like tilt it a little more this way because I want I want yeah. the song to feel like this. Um, and there's it's weird because there's a, there's a lot of amb- ambiguity to that, but there's also a lot of simplicity to that. There's a lot of simplicity to just mm-hmm. go eh, a little bit darker, you know, <laughs> like and just to keep it that simple instead of. Um, you know, but I, I I don't know. In some ways, I think that speaks to both what my talent is and where my lack of talent is. There mm. are a lot of other songwriters and musicians who can way more so in the conscious realm effectively communicate what they're trying to. I'm realizing that me at my best, that's not the way I operate. It's it the the more you can sort of remove vocabulary and consciousness and, and just let, um, I don't know, let that other thing that sort of subconscious heavy lifting happen. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's me at my best, but yeah, just apply your nature and, and, yeah. and see how it goes. Yeah. 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 Well, I, uh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I I, I felt like you had a I, I feel like I've been kind of rambling, but I uh did you have any other questions for me? Uh um yeah, I was just gonna say uh I just like to ask guests this because obviously I'm a music fan. Yeah. Is is there any uh music, you know, like you know, like Desert Island that you couldn't live without or anything that you're like really into right now? Uh like just albums or yeah. Yeah, or artists, any any kind, just you know. Oh goodness! Um, <laughs> uh, part of the problem with this is uh, I am so bad with. Uh, I'm looking over to my left, by the way, because I'm looking at my uh, vinyl collection. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, about half of what I've listened to, I forget the name of the artist because I'm a album cover person. <laughs> It's really bad. And Spotify <laughs> has made me much worse in that way. Um, but no, um, you know what I just got in today that I have been really blown away by this last year's the um, Lorraine James. Hmm. Um, I forget the name of the album, but it's it's her latest release. I think it came out last year. Um, it's one of those albums. I was actually describing it to my roommate earlier today this way. There's about, there's usually about three or four albums a year that come out that utterly devastate me as an artist. Cause I hear them and I think I will never write something this good. (laughs) I can, I can maybe write some pretty good stuff before I die, but I will never make an album this good. And, um, that's that's one of those albums that did that to me in recent history. Um, mm. I'm trying to think what else. I'm gonna cheat and pull up my. Uh, oh, you know Go what? I, you know what's really been um, I've been obsessed with for the last mm. month is um, this guy Vegan. Uh, he put out an album. I think it's ca- they're calling it a mega album, but it's 75 songs long. What? And wow. When I saw that, when I saw the track list, I was like, oh, okay, he's just offloading some like B-sides. Yeah. 
And I, it almost made me not even want to listen to the album. I was like, I don't care about your little, you know, throwaway collection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, but then I clicked on it out of boredom, and the whole album is really inventive, really progressive. Like every song is different, song to song. Every song mm. is well produced and, and produced at a consistent level. Uh, I've never and it's. It's just vegan. Vegan like, with a Y. So it's V V E G Y N. Um oh, okay. The album's called Don't Follow Me Because I'm Lost Too, which I love. Uh, um Yeah, that's a great that's a great title. But yeah, I I, I still can't kind of get over that the album is as long as it is <laughs> and is that oh, wow. freaking good. Like it's just a you could take any 10 songs off the album and they would be a great album in their own right. Um, so yeah, very impressive to me. Um, Interesting. I'll check it out. Another one I'm uh, really, he's an artist that I'm, that he's one of my favorite artists, but his last album uh, like actually affected me spiritually. Um is the new John Hopkins album. Hmm. I don't know if you've heard that, but uh No, I haven't. There's a it's 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 I think it's called something like Music for Psychedelic Therapy. Oh yeah, yeah. Um and there's a track, the last song on it features a recording of Ram Das. Um and I I don't really like songs with voiceovers mm-hmm. on them. Like I, that's just sort of a thing that's just not my thing. Like the classic Alan. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that kind of thing. Like there's something about it that um, it feels like it's you know trying a little too hard to like you know uh, stir something up in me or something. Sure. Yeah. And um, and don't get me wrong. Like I I like you know. But all that to say, I sort of like I am a huge John Hopkins fan. So when he put out the the single for the album and it had the you know this track, it's called "Sitting Around the Fire" with Ram Dust talking. I was actually in Paris at the time on vacation, and I mm. put, I was in a room with with two of my best friends. So it was just so not an ideal moment for this to happen. But I just sort of casually put it on, like, oh, this is. I, I don't think I'm going to like this because it's got this guy talking and that's not my mm. thing. Mm-hmm. And I put it on and I got, he got about three sentences in and I was weeping in the middle, oh, wow. in, in the hotel room with my two friends. I'm like kind of trying to turn away from them and cover my face so they can't tell <laughs> I'm cry- I'm just sitting there crying wow. my eyes out. Um because the the combination of the the truth and the words he spoke um and the way the music paired so well to those spiritual realities was uh compelling in in a way that music uh especially doing it for a living it was compelling in a way that music has not been for a long time for me it was just like hmm. music at its best when it like actually goes into the deepest places of your soul and Mm. um 
speaks truth to you that you might not have gotten without um, the sort of ambiguous communication that's being expressed through music. Right. Yeah. Like I'm sure Ram Dass's words, those same words are very powerful on their own, but um, what John Hopkins did with the music, I, yeah. Anyways, I feel like I'm yeah. just, yeah. Well, no, no. Well, I mean, what you're talking about is something, trust me, I'm very familiar with. Cause remember I grew up uh, with a uh, future yeah. Yeah. Uh, family. <laughs> so I'm very used to someone saying significant words while there's, you know, someone killing it on the, the synth in the background, yes. or, you know, playing the, the roads to get you revved up, and, Yep. you know, yeah, it goes hand in hand, brother. <laughs> well, it's it's so weird because it's uh, uh, you know, it's it's so that can so go either way. You know, even to my point, I was mm. making about normally not liking tracks like that. Yeah, a lot of times that sort of thing can be, and I and I've experienced that in church. Both I've experienced, mm. I've had incredible moments of spiritual awakening and love felt. Uh, and all those sort of things that was as real as it gets. And it was a preacher and there's music and there was truth. And then I, and then you also just hear so much. Um, and not, and again, not just not, I'm not even just connect, I'm not connecting this to church necessarily. I'm saying connect it to all sorts of other things, hmm. politics, philosophy, whatever, whatever anybody's trying to, uh, speak to you but you put the wrong song over it or there's like not quite the sincere enough um yeah. you know motive and it's like mm -hmm. the cheesiest like just biggest turn off in it you know what i mean you know yeah. what i mean oh yeah yeah well it's like when you when you get a uh when let me try to think of a real scenario i've experienced when the um, associate pastor who always plays you know his his roland which is this great you know piece uh, of equipment and a great oh, yeah. tone and he knows what he's doing yeah but then he's out on vacation uh or 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 he had to not show up you know um for some random thing and then you get like the teenager that's the only person there that knows how to play the piano as well and he brings his in and so you get downgraded styling and downgraded equipment yeah and then you just got you know you're just filling it in on your on your on doing your best you yeah know? it's just like it's just not going to hit just because it's just, it's just different. I mean, that, I mean, literally, I mean, it's you, that, that's, that is your, your, your position, you know, yeah. I've been talking about is, yeah. is pairing, you know, if you don't pair the, the content with, well, the foreground content, right. Mm -hmm. You don't pick, pair that with the background, then you have no depth. Yes. Where, where are you? you it's, know? it's interesting because. I feel like we've come full circle to so many things we talked about tonight that I did not realize <laughs> to the degree of which would be a theme tonight, which is, which is, as you said, the, the pairing and the, uh, the legitimacy of that, you know? Mm. Um, and oh, it, yeah. it, it, it is interesting how, how much of a difference that can make. Dynamics, brother. <laughs> Gotta love it. Well, Mr. Black, is there uh Anything else you, uh, is there anything you want to promote? Anything, uh, else you got on you? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I do have a band. I don't have anything out yet. Um, I'm still about six months to a year behind, uh, or away from putting that out into the world, but I have a band called Mr. Black and White. Um, 
I think it's just at the Mr. Black and White uh, on Instagram. If anybody wants to follow okay. that, it's me and uh, and another man in a uh, panda mascot uh, mask. We're a duo, mm. and uh, I co-write with him, and I play the drums, and he gets up and plays bass guitar and uh, dances around on stage. Um, nice. So yeah, that that's a uh, that's something that you know down the line will be coming out. But other than that, you know, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's about it. Cool, man. Well, I've appreciated it. I know it's uh, taken us a little bit to get here, but I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation, brother. Yeah, I know. It. it was so good to talk to you. Yeah, man. Likewise. Thank well, maybe you. We can do it again sometime. Yeah, thank you for having me. Anytime. <laughs>